Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 180 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. Yes, it's Friday. I know I'm a couple of days late due to scheduling of some guests and things like that. I had to uh, postpone the podcast a couple of days this week, but you know what? We're here. We got an episode this week, and it is an absolute fantastic episode. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the conversation. So before we do that, I do want to let you guys know that uh, we're brought to you today by TubeBuddy. So if you haven't already, check them out. They got a, a free browser plugin as well as a mobile iOS and Android app. Uh, it's a great tool to help you become more efficient and just a great suite of tools to help you become uh, a better YouTube creator. Understanding all of the different features and assets of that tool can allow you to shave off hours of time every week uh, with your YouTube workflow. Also brought to you by you guys, the patrons. Um, with the Patreon, um, we're allowed to have you guys support us. And with that, you have access to a private Patreon Discord, which you know you can go and share your videos. You can post when you're live on your channel. Uh, you can even uh, submit questions at the $5 tier for the podcast. And so that's something that uh, we've started to do here in the past couple of months, and it really has uh, grown our Patreon and support. And because of that, I'm very, very appreciative to you guys. Uh, speaking of questions, we're going to dive into this week's Patreon question of the week, and it comes from Tell Stewart. He says, what is the best way to collect emails from our viewers slash potential viewers. We really want to have a bi-monthly email for people. Are giveaways a good idea for this? What are other ways you have seen YouTubers getting email addresses? The first thing I'm going to talk about um, is giveaways. I'm not a big fan of giveaways on YouTube channels unless you do them very rarely. Um, there's a lot of logistics and legal things involved in giveaways that most YouTubers don't take the time out to make sure they're doing correctly or appropriately. And so, most of the time, I encourage people to not do giveaways. Now, if you've you know looked into it, you understand the legal ramifications and understand that when you give stuff away, you may be having people enter your you know contest or giveaway from other countries, and then you've got customs and you've got different things that you've got to worry about. So giveaways can be a good way to garner email addresses, but I normally would do that or compose that outside of YouTube, maybe on your website or whatever it may be. And that leads me to the final part of the answer of this question is that the best way to collect emails from your viewers or potential viewers is to direct them to your email list on your website. Uh, there is no direct way of doing this on YouTube. Now, the most direct way of doing it is, you know, getting your associated website once you have approval to do that on YouTube. So mine is www.youtubecreatorshub.com. And then uh, the little cards that you can put on top of your videos, you can basically, you know, do your, you know, associated website slash email list or whatever you want to call it. And that'll take them to a pop-up of where, hey, listen, here's the benefits of joining the email list. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I rarely join email lists unless it's something that I know is going to bring me immediate value. And so you need to understand and give them the immediate value. What's going to be the value of them joining this email list? Am I going to get spammed once a week or twice a week with emails? Am I going to be, um, you know, what is the value prop for the person to, uh, to, to get access to your email list? And then finally, you need to offer them some type of bonus or benefit. Like for me, uh, you know, over on my podcaster's website, podcastersunplugged.com, I have something to where when someone joins my email list, 
they get the top 10 things that they can do to improve their podcast. And so it gives them some type of incentive to join your email list. And so there's many different ways that you can manipulate the different things over on your email list or over on YouTube to direct them to your website or your email list. So thank you for that question. Tell another fantastic question. If you're a patron of the $5 tier or higher, you can find under members area on Discord a, a little section called podcast questions. Just go in there. Ask your question, and it may be featured on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to put your YouTube channel in there as well. Uh, that's something I want to feature um, going forward, too. So we've got a ton of new patrons coming in this week. We have Amory M. We have Kathy E. We have Doodle on a Motorcycle, which I love that name. Um, we have Stephen O. We have uh, Lacey L. And I believe it is Simon C. As well as Jose R. Thank you to all the new patrons this week. We are gaining a ton of momentum. So excited for that. Um, looking forward to have all of you new members join us as well. Last thing I'm going to mention before we get into the interview this week is I have a P.O. box. And with that P.O. box, um, you are able to send me uh, your merch. You're able to send me different things you want me to maybe talk about on the podcast or in a live stream. It's just a fun way. If you want to send something to the YouTube Creators Hub studio for me to talk about or maybe mention on the podcast or a live stream, you can do so by mailing it to Dusty Porter, P.O. Box 7028, Chestnut Mountain, Georgia, 30502. All of the pertinent information will be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I know this week we're a little late, but I had someone cancel on me, uh, and I had one recorded. Anyways, to make a long story short, I'm super excited today to be joined by Brandon Walker from the Walker's Woodworks YouTube channel. He is a woodworker slash maker slash content creator like all of us, so many different hats. Um, he also still works a full-time job as a small engine tech. His business is client-based, but he's been doing content creation more seriously for the past eight months. And as I mentioned, over on his YouTube channel, Walker's Woodworks, he has now amassed over 10.5 thousand YouTube subscribers. So he's been doing something right. Brandon, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, Dusty. How are you? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Um, I have a list uh, that I go through and it's got about, I don't know, somewhere around 53 or 54 as of uh, the last count that I made of people or creators that I've been meaning to get in touch with, whether it be via Twitter, email, discord, whatever it may be. And your name was on that list. And I highlight the people who are part of the community over there on the YouTube creator sub community and the discord. And I've been meaning to, to reach out to you. And so when the, the, the guest fell through this week, I was like, Oh man, I want to see if Brandon can come on last minute. And so I'm super excited that we made it happen we made it work um so with all of that out of the way brandon if you would let my audience know a little bit more about you the content creator and a little bit about your youtube channel over at uh, walker's woodworks yeah for sure so i've been doing woodworking for about i don't know four or five years since eh, about 2013 i guess it really started uh started off as just a really small hobby and then uh, people started asking me to build things for them, and I started selling them. Um, and then it kind of evolved from there. And then about a year ago, I started my YouTube channel. Uh, well, I'm back up a little bit. I, I got it really into Instagram. So I have, you know, over, uh, what, I think it's 104,000 followers over there. So I grew that pretty large. And then um, I started talking to more people in the YouTube space and kind of realized that it was 
a bigger, you know, more, I guess, more feasible way to possibly bring in a little extra money. So I kind of dove into that, went and got a camera, a new laptop to uh, edit on, stuff like that. At first I started using my phone um, and then just kind of graduated a little bit from there. But basically I do kind of how-to tutorial videos on woodworking and DIY and stuff like that. So. Now, let me ask you this. You, you, you said, you know, you work a full-time job, as we mentioned in the intro. Um, what made you decide to start a YouTube channel as far as like, okay, listen, I, you know, I'm very passionate and interested in woodworking, which, by the way, you do such a great job at. Uh, one of my best friends that, that lives here and, and his kids are friends with my kids, um, he actually is not a woodworker, but he actually kind of dabbles in it. And I'm so amazed at someone who can work with their hands like you guys do and create something from nothing. And so uh, explain kind of the process of taking that hobby, that kind of passion of yours and translating it onto the YouTube space. Yeah, for sure. So basically, I like I said, I grew Instagram and I really liked that kind of as a side hobby. Um, I basically turned my side business into an actual business the beginning of this year. So that became more like a job. So I wanted a little side hobby. So I kind of did Instagram, pushed that really hard for the best year or two um, and then just started dabbling into YouTube because I saw others kind of taking that route and I wanted to share my stuff with everybody um, and try to bring some value you know I had a lot of people that were following me on other social platforms saying you need to do YouTube you need to do YouTube you know and I was like oh, I don't know if I can do that um, I don't really feel like I am that uh, creative honestly so making videos trying to figure out different angles and stuff like that it seemed really hard uh, but I think I'm getting a little bit used to it and learning the process along the way has been really fun. What's something that you would say right now, just off the top of your head, that you've learned over the past eight months to a year that you think has impacted you or helped you more than anything over on YouTube? Uh, probably probably just trying to make it more interesting. When I first started, I was I was really kind of monotone on my voiceovers, stuff like that, not getting that good at angles, just kind of kind of setting the camera up and working. Um, and since then I've, I've gone to, you know, thinking more of it as I'm building in the content perspective. So I'll get certain angles and things that look cool. Um, I'll watch other YouTubers in the same kind of space and even out of the space to get incentive and, you know, inspiration to do different kinds of videos. Just try to make it a little more entertaining as well as informative. So what's been the hardest thing, Brandon? Um, coming from a client-based business, something completely different than what you're doing over on YouTube. Like, what's been the most difficult thing that maybe even in the beginning you never thought would would be something that's so hard as a content creator? Um, well, my the thing I struggle with the most is editing for sure. I'm not good at that. I don't have a long, you know, I don't have a long attention span really for that kind of stuff or the patience. So I've actually been kind of outsourcing that a little bit to uh, to a guy I know. And he's been doing a good job. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing. Other than that, just trying to build and film everything. It takes about people, people say, and I think they're right. It takes about three times as long to film something and build it as it would to just build it. So if you're trying to meet deadlines for clients, you know, sometimes I'll skip filming it, which kind of sucks because I want to make a video out of it. But then again, I have to fulfill the client's needs as well. So it's kind of a balancing act. So you are doing woodworking projects for clients outside of your day job, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, awesome. Now, with that 
being said, talk about the process of filming one of these videos. So when you have an idea, like one of your most recent videos is um, Farmhouse X-Bray Side Table, DIY End Table, which looks amazing. I don't want my wife to see it because I'm afraid she's going to ask me to have you build one for me and <laughs> mail it across the country, which I do so, not want to do good. right now. Um, well, we could definitely do that. <laughs> that, that that's funny. Um, so with a video like that, what is the process of scripting, setting it up, getting the, the, the build made? Made. walk us through a video uh, over on the walkers woodworks youtube channel so i'm still kind of struggling with what type of videos i want to do uh, but basically i i kind of look around the house if i don't have a client order uh, that i need to get done uh, sometimes the videos will be of client orders so you'll see some stuff on there like the the bigger farmhouse table that was actually for a client there's a few others but uh, sometimes I'll just look around the house or ask my girlfriend, you know, what do we need around the house that I can build that you would like? And then I'll just make a YouTube video out of that. Um, but yeah, so I get the idea. A lot of times I'll put it in SketchUp, which is a rendering program. I'm sure you probably know about that. Um, and build it in there, take the plans out there, and then just kind of start filming and document as I go. I don't do a lot of scripting. Everything I do pretty much is just do the build, and then I do a voiceover over everything. So I will go and film it all and then bring it inside um, and then have it either edit it myself or have it edited and then I'll write kind of a voiceover script which has actually helped I didn't do that in the beginning and I was really kind of just off the cuff and it didn't sound very good even though you would think reading something would sound a lot more scripted but it, since I've been writing it and thinking about it and then reading it it's been it seems a lot more natural and people seem to enjoy it more um, and then that's basically it I film an intro and kind of an outro usually and put it up so there's someone out there right now thinking to themselves, okay, I want to start a YouTube channel, but there's always a roadblock, it seems like. There's always something that comes up or there's some excuse that I'm given when they're like, you know, they email me or they shoot me a message on Skype or Discord and they're like, I want to start a YouTube channel. I go look at their channel. They haven't even uploaded in a year. What kind of advice would you give to these people? Like what's been that motivating factor for you? Like what's something that they can do um, that can help them kind of get them over the edge per se to take the next step? Uh, I know everybody says the same thing, but you just got to do it. Um, so I started out with my phone and I did my first probably four, five, six videos just on my iPhone and I edited it on in iMovie. Um, you don't need anything fancy really to start, just need to do it. Um, and then after that, I ended up getting a DSLR, like I said, and a, and a laptop to edit with and started editing in Premiere Pro, which helped a lot. But I mean, really, you don't need anything fancy to start, especially if you're going to do some sort of vlog type channel or something like that. You can get started really, really cheaply and easily. Um, you just got to kind of grind through it because it's definitely not easy to gain an audience for sure. I'm still going through it every day all the time. And then uh, when I first started, I, like I said, I had a pretty big Instagram. Um, so I just thought to myself, you know, oh, I'll just start a YouTube channel and then tell all them to go over there. Well, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. <laughs> Completely different audience. Um, I mean, I might have maybe a 10%, maybe, I mean, not even 10%, maybe like 2% of my Instagram following is watching me on YouTube as well and vice versa, you know. So it's kind of, it's pretty hard to get an audience growing, but once you see that that traction, you know, and it starts, uh, you start getting comments, you know, people saying, "Oh, that's awesome! I really appreciate you doing this and that." Because I do, I do a lot of shop videos as well. Like, a lot of people that follow me are woodworkers trying to learn different techniques and tips and stuff. So I'll make like different jigs to make different cuts and things like that. And uh, that's probably my bigger videos, is that kind of stuff. So people really appreciate, you know, the value in 
in uh, different techniques and stuff that they wouldn't have otherwise learned. So speaking about growing an audience, building an audience, a community over on a channel, you've done a really good job of that. I go and when I was looking at your videos, you have a very active community that's commenting. And, you know, when you do DIY tutorial like stuff, like what you do, like what I do, it's going to it's going to garner that type of questions and things like that. But let's talk about growth strategy on YouTube and tactics, because People are sitting here listening to you thinking that, you know, you've been going at this really hardcore for about eight months now, you know, obviously longer than that. But as far as going at it hard, um, what are some growth strategies or techniques that that you found successful in growing your channel? Um, I would say I, I can't. It's hard to it's hard to figure it out, honestly, because of all the you know algorithms they say and stuff like that. But I, I really feel like definitely engaging with your audience is number one. So when you get a comment, comment back as fast as you can. I have notifications set up on my phone. So as soon as they comment, I try to comment right back. And something I've been doing lately, and it seemed to have been helping a little bit, and I've heard other people on your show talk about it, is comment back with a question, you know, so it sparks more conversation. So it'll actually generate uh, more, more engagement and maybe get YouTube to share it more. So if you can get your videos out there in the suggested videos or, you know, on the end of somebody else's videos that's suggested or in the search, uh, that, that really helps a lot for sure. So a lot of it's luck. Um, some of it's, you know, seems to be thumbnails and titles and stuff. But if you try to get caught up in all those numbers, you'll make yourself crazy. <laughs> yes, Trust me. <laughs> you, you will. Yes. Uh, being a data and analytics guy myself, I can tell you that those kind of things will make you lose sleep at night. Um, oh, absolutely. And so it's one of those things to where, uh, yeah, you want to be as smart as you can and utilize all of the the, the, the different you know tactics and things that uh, that YouTube provides to you. But you also don't want to stress it so much to where you're not getting anything else done, um, mm -hmm. which is critical. Let's talk about the business side of things. You're talking about you make jigs for other you know creators to, to learn from and to use themselves uh, themselves. What are you doing to monetize? Um, what are you doing to make money from the channel? Uh, as as of right now, I I mean uh, I I got my monetization badge or whatever you want to call it uh, a while back, so I I get money from AdSense, um, and then as well as affiliate marketing, I do a lot of Amazon affiliate stuff. So when I do my videos, like just take the jigs for example, so they'll have hardware on them such as clamps and things like that. So I'll take I'll take those, you know, find them on Amazon, run them through my affiliate program, put the links in the description. And then when people click on them, you know, most people know how Amazon affiliates work, click on the link, you get a percentage whenever people buy through your link, stuff like that. So I get, I get uh, income through that. And then I have a few sponsors as well that sponsor videos. Um, they'll send me product and I'll use them in the videos for product placement, kind of talk about the company a little bit. Um, I do make sure to not just take any sponsor, though, because I want my brand to be authentic and I don't want to push a bunch of garbage, basically. So you'll get people, you know, when you start getting larger, you'll get companies from just say Amazon or, you know, China made stuff that's just maybe not as good as, you know, the the things you want to use. So I try to steer away from that and just kind of be careful with who you work with. Don't say yes to everything. Um, or you'll kind of build a reputation, unfortunately. So I try to stick with the, you know, stuff that I know is quality um, and then just, you know, make sponsorship content out of that, but be transparent about it as well. You know, say it's sponsored by so-and-so. And then even in the description, I'll even say, 
Um, these are the tools I use, affiliate links included, just so my audience knows, you know, they're, and a lot of them don't care. They're, you know, they're in their brain. They're like, you're bringing me content and value. So I have no problem supporting you and it's not costing them any money anyway. So they'll click the links and go buy stuff through there just to help me out. Yeah. It, it's funny how once you build a community there, they, they want to give you money, right? Like people think that it's a, it's a, it's a foreign thing that people want to, you know, give creators money. It's okay to make money as a creator. And that's something that I try to encourage people, um, to, to understand that it's okay. If you're making money, don't feel bad. Um, you know, that's something that, that you want to do. It's okay to do that. And so it's so cool hearing you say that. Um, are there any advice you would give people about monetizing being a channel now that's you know over the 10,000 subscriber mark you've kind of reached that uh, that kind of snowball effect where you're continually growing now what are some things you've learned to help you kind of optimize the amount of money you make as a smaller channel uh, it's hard to say honestly I don't really know a couple a few of my videos took off so that helped the AdSense um, I did I was apprehensive at first about putting ads on all my videos but so I just did a few at first, you know, just to kind of fill it out and see if anybody complained because, you know, everybody hates ads, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I think a lot of people don't realize that it's the content creators, you know, it's it's your choice if you want to put ads on there or not. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just YouTube putting ads on. So I don't I don't know that you would get a lot of kickback from it anyway. So after a while, um, like on videos over 10 minutes, you can put mid roll ads and I want and I stayed away from that for a while. And then uh, actually somebody in the discord was like, why don't you have mineral ads? Throw those in there. You'll, you know, it'll help you out. And I was like, I don't know. And then I threw them in and I haven't heard any bad, you know, feedback from it at all. So I've been doing that definitely on videos over 10 minutes. So that's helped actually kicked it up quite a bit. I was surprised because um, people still continue to watch even through the ads or they'll just click skip ad and they don't care. I don't think so. That's one thing. And then uh, just trying to trying to bump up the sponsored content as well. I think that's, I think that's where the real money is, either that or if you can get real heavy into affiliate marketing. Because um, AdSense, as you know, isn't isn't a huge you know money maker, but it does help for sure. So yeah, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think people probably hate ads a lot less than we think they do, right? Yeah, probably so. Um, it, it's it's one of those things to where we we feel like that uh, that that maybe people hate them more than they really do. So, um, thanks for that advice. I appreciate that. Um, if there is something that you looked back over the past eight months to a year and you say to yourself, "Man, I really wish I would have known that. That would have helped me so much." If back in you know the fall of last year, if I knew that I could do this, what would that one thing be? I'd probably say probably audio, <laughs> probably making getting better audio out of my videos. I was actually going back last night through my old videos and watching them and I'm like, Oh my gosh, my audio is horrible. <laughs> and a lot of people, they'll continue watching a video if it's so, you know, not that great of quality in the video part. And as long as it has good audio, I've noticed or heard also. So if you have a good video and bad audio, I think that will make people click away a lot quicker than anything else. Yeah, there's something about when you pull up a video and all you can hear is the fan in the background or static in the microphone. And I will hit that back button so fast. But man, if it you know if it's got you know a little bit of maybe lesser quality video but crisp and pure audio, and it's what I want to watch. I have no problem with that. Um, audio is something that I wish I would have gotten right 
before before I did, uh, and so that's actually a uh, a great piece of piece of advice there. So I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. Um, being a full time person who has a full time nine to five job, okay, nine to fiver is what I'm going to call it. Um, with that being the case with you, a lot of my audience is that way. A lot of my audience has a full-time job, but they also want to build up their YouTube following. So I want you to go through from when you wake up to when you go to bed. Tell us about your day. What does your day look like about as far as time management and how you handle everything with your YouTube channel as well as your full-time job? Yeah, so basically I work uh, Tuesday through Saturday Seven, uh, what is it? about seven in the morning to three thirty. So I have I get out fairly early in the day, so that helps a lot. Uh, my girlfriend, I don't, we don't have any kids or anything, and she actually works kind of opposite of me, but we do have the same days off. So I try to reserve at least one of those days to go do something, you know, with her, um, spend time with the family, stuff like that. But as far as the days I work, I get home, I usually eat something maybe, and then head out in the shop and start either building building projects or filming or something that I can do that's constructive. So um, then I usually do that until I go to bed pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And then usually on one of my days off, I'll usually spend most of the day out there. Um, And then at work, when I'm at work, it's kind of monotonous. I just fix chainsaws and power equipment all day. So it's, I've been doing it for six years. I could pretty much do it with my eyes closed. So while I'm doing that, I'm constantly trying to think of video ideas and stuff like that so it's my brain's always going even when I'm trying to sleep unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) do you have any habits that you do that you would credit to the success you've had on YouTube anything that you maybe do in your personal life whether it be fitness or reading or something of that nature that you think to yourself man this is kind of you know this is what this is one of the things that I would you know attribute to the success I've had uh, I would say paying attention to others in the space probably is has been the most beneficial. Um, listening to podcasts like this one, and I've listened to a few more. I've read books, you know, like Crushing It by Gary Vee, stuff like that. Tim Ferriss's stuff, obviously, most people know about those. Um, just trying to learn and grow, and just look at the bigger YouTube channels as well, and just see kind of what they're doing, um, and just try to apply that as as best as you can. Um, and like I say, engage with the audience, stuff like that. But it, I mean, I try to get some exercise in here and there, try to get enough sleep, but that never seems to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny. You say that about sleep, sleep's becoming, uh, you know, I have two kids. I have one that's just turned six months, a couple of days ago, as well as a four year old. So sleep is, uh, is very valuable around the house. Yeah, and it's something that, uh, that doesn't happen as frequently as it once did. So, uh, but yeah, there, there are habits that we do as creators that we can attribute to our success that are outside of just the video creation process, whether it be getting up during the day and doing some uh, physical fitness, whether it be eating better, drinking uh, better, whatever it may be in our lives, there's things that can attribute from the outside world uh, from what we do. And so that's one of those things to where uh, I want to start asking that question because I think it's very unique and I think it's very helpful. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me. Um, what's, what's the goal for you? Like what's the, what's the end goal for the, the Walker's Woodworks YouTube channel? What are you looking to do short term and long term? I'm just continuing to grow. I'm just going to keep grinding it out and trying to grow as much as possible, trying to give more valuable content try to learn more, you know, as far as editing and whatnot, stuff like that, different, different techniques with the camera would be good to learn. Um, just try to get better overall. 
I mean, eventually I would like for it to be full time, but I got to keep the options open to where, you know, who knows how long this is going to be a viable source of income. It might be forever. It might be, you know, they could turn your channel off tomorrow. You never know. <laughs> but, you know, you always try to be optimistic about it. And I that's what I've been trying to do the past year or so. So just trying to grind it out and keep going. Yep. Not putting all of your eggs in one basket is a uh, is a critical thing that I try to teach people. Some of them listen, some of them some of them don't, um, and so that's uh, one of those things to where uh, hopefully they'll listen to you maybe. Uh, and so thank you for sharing that. I think that's very very important what you just said. Um, yeah, one more real quick, one more ahead. thing that I was uh, that I forgot to mention when I was when you were talking about monetizing. So another thing that I do that probably not everybody can do, but some woodworkers do. I noticed is uh, make plans for the videos that you do. So like so like my drill charging station that I did, I have plans for that that I that I made um, and I sell that. So that's kind of another branch of income as well that people can think about doing stuff like that. You know, just, just try to keep your, keep your branches out as far as they'll go or roots, I should say. <laughs> so you're not all your incomes at one spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, that's, that's great. Uh, all right. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. You are killing it. You are absolutely killing it. And I'm just so proud that I finally got to have you on the show um, and would you let my audience know where they could get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, just youtube.com slash walkers woodworks with an S on the end. Um, and then, uh, Instagram walkers underscore woodworks, unfortunately without the underscore was taken. Um, and then my website as well is walkers <laughs> It's funny. You said that about the, the, the walkers without the underscore was taken. I was, uh, trying to do some social media auditing this week with my business. And uh, I was thinking to myself, man, I really would like to get Dusty Porter on Twitter. Uh, so I reached out to the guy or whatever. So I spent like six hours trying to reclaim this Twitter. Anyway, it's one of those mm -hmm. things to where it's like, man, I wish I would have got in on that early. Uh, oh, I definitely but, uh, reached out to the person that owns it. They would never respond to me. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even on there. But really, kind of, <laughs> they haven't posted in like four years. So it's like, oh my gosh. The, it's just those are there. the ones that bother you. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Brandon, thank you so so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You've been a fantastic guest and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, man. appreciate you having me. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as support us on Patreon for great perks such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.